and welcome back to Farewell Evangelion, the podcast where we go through each episode and part of Neon Genesis Evangelion bit by bit. My name is Keith Ramsey, going through for his last time, and I'm joined by Peter Akerley. Hello! Going through for his first. We finished the anime series by watching episode 26 today. Uh, the episode is Take Care of Yourself. This first released March 27th, 1996, ending the Evangelion series for the foreseeable future. Yep. The synopsis of this episode is Instrumentality Continues. The focus is primarily on Shinji now, as he learns to accept the individual's ability to shape the world, and how the self cannot exist without the others to deny it. Yeah, so... Shut up, they make a point of saying that Instrumentality is happening with everyone on Earth at this point, but that's just too much fucking information for us to be presented with, so they're going to focus purely on what Instrumentality looks like to Shinji, which... I mean, broad strokes, therapy. That's what instrumentality looks like. <laughs> it looks like therapy. Uh, it's a lot of just an omniscient outsider asking, do you actually believe that? Is that actually true? Or is that just your perception of the facts? What is the truth of the matter? So yeah, therapy is what's happening right now. Yeah, uh, unlike the first episode of this two-parter, where it's focusing kind of on those around Shinji, this one just takes the full, we're going into Shinji hard this episode, and it's the full time frame. Yeah. So, we start off with Shinji getting asked a bunch of questions about why he pilots Neva, what his purpose is, essentially. Um, and Shinji reveals uh, that everyone else on Earth hates him. Uh, that is his understanding of the events. Yeah, that's his truth. Yeah. Uh, and the omniscient outsider is like, are you sure? Is that actually it? And other people are like, nah, that's not what it is. That's just your perception. And then he like picks up a phone and the phone is just voices of every, interestingly enough, everyone except for Gendo. Yeah, except Gendo. <laughs> saying they fucking hate his guts. Um, I, to jump ahead a little bit, I find it really, uh, interesting or amusing that the first line we hear from Gendo during this entire episode is just, I will add a constraint, which feels very <laughs> fitting towards Gendo's character. But it's also funny because, like, it, it seems like that's a very Gendo thing to do, but it's also ultimately the first step uh, for the end part of Shinji coming to his conclusion. Yeah. So in a way, it's like Gendo is the first step to his, like, help, essentially. Yeah. Fendo... Fendo. Gendo's, like, the first step to his self-realization and his awareness of his self-worth. Yeah. Although... Fuck it, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. So jumping back, uh, Shinji is uh, confronting the fact that everyone else on Earth hates him, but they don't hate him when he pilots an Ava, and that's why he must continue to pilot an Ava. Um, to which we get, and I think this was a really smart choice uh, from the uh, writers, um, we get Asuka specifically telling him, but then if the Ava's, are, if you build your entire worth around the Ava, if the Ava's ever taken away from you, you have no worth at that point. Yeah. Um, which almost feels like Asuka being like, nah, be like me. Be purely independent. Rely on nothing else to determine your self-worth. Which is not how Asuka actually is. It's just how Asuka wants to be. Yeah, and uh, I think the key thing they point out here is the opening says, this is happening with everyone, but we're going to focus on the case of Shinji Akari. But the last scene when he has that realization that, oh, I can, maybe I can love myself. It's not just Shinji that says that. It's an overlap of him, Asuka, Misato, Rei, like, they all say it at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, Shinji, Shinji goes through some therapy. Um, uh, essentially, the first part is mostly him reckoning with, this is what the world is, the world is everyone hating me. 
And we get some nice little metaphors uh, from different people talking about different times of day. Like Shinji talking about how he's sad because it's raining out. Or uh, Ray talking about how nighttime's ending and that means... Or nighttime is starting and that means it's the beginning of an ending and people are dying. And she's always longed for that. And then Asuka's talking about how the sun's rising and that means it's a new day. Day she's going to hate. Um, which you don't think about it, but it's a lot of talking about people's preconceived notions and their attachments to things and how they have this understanding that when it's rainy, I will feel sad. So as soon as it starts raining, they have the assumption of I'm going to be sad. Yeah. And I have baked into my being the fact that the start of the day, this day's going to suck. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense. And if you expect the day to suck, the day will end up sucking. Yeah. And it's mainly giving us the realization that perspectives between everyone are different. And Risco even states Yes, but even on a rainy day, fun can be had. Yeah, and it's about these preconceived notions and this kind of dictating what your life will be based on the perceptions of others is not going to be a helpful thing that you should be doing, um, which is a nice metaphor. Um, now we have Shinji and Shinji Land. What can I call it? Yeah, it's a way to put it. Uh, which is just him floating through an endless void. Uh, in a realm of pure freedom, because he can do whatever he wants, because it's an endless void and there are no limitations. Yeah, and this is what I was kind of getting at, where a lot of people say that it was budget issues that caused the problem here. No, it's Ano literally, as Shinji's stripping away the layers of his reality, layers of the production are being stripped away until he's just a black and white stri like yeah. still, essentially. And you really get the vibe, because they clearly build back up as they start establishing layers. They add more details. They add shading and stuff like that, and eventually they start adding color and stuff um, in steps and waves. So it's very clear they're not doing this because they can't afford to do a detailed drawing. It's they're stripping it away because Shinji's not even fully aware of himself in this moment, and it's breaking it down so you can build it from the ground up. Yeah. Quite literally, because as we said, the first thing that happens in this void is Gendo adds a constraint, which is he draws the horizon generating up and down so Shinji is now stuck to the ground instead of floating through the void. Yeah, uh, pretty much Shinji stripped down to the most basics, and even before the starts, he starts realizing that I have nothing in this void. Like, the void is what I wished for, uh, where I could be alone and not hurt by anyone, but without anyone around, or anything around, I have nothing to reflect on, which means I can feel myself disappearing. And then yeah. they start the whole thing of, like, well, you need other things to be able to discern what you are. You yeah. yourself cannot exist unless there's other. Yeah, the concept of you on your own, you have no image of yourself because the only way to have an image of yourself is to know where you end and something else begins. So in a void all on your own, you're not going to be able to truly be yourself because yourself can't exist without something else to reflect yourself back to. Which is a neat little metaphor. Yeah, and then, yeah, as you said, they start slowly adding in parts of that reality uh, and Shinji realizes that he does have control. Like, even with putting, limiting, like, removing a freedom to add a new layer to be able to have a reality doesn't mean that that's an absolute permanent, as they explain when the line gets, line gets drawn for the horizon. It can flip all over the screen. He can choose how to look at that horizon. But the horizon is the limit that's in there. Yeah. The limit exists, but that doesn't mean that the limit is set. The limit can be changed as much as he wants it to. Yeah. Um, once again, a nice little metaphor. Anyways, so now we get into Shinji's fun land and the idea of what a perfect world would be, and that's... Well, I don't think it's a perfect world. I think it's... Shin Shinji up to this point has very much based his reality, much like Asuka, around the fact that he's an able pilot, 
that's where his worth comes from. He uses that to find value to get people to accept him. And this is a perception of what if an Ava did not exist? Yeah. Um, I still think it's a perfect world because he's growing up with uh, faceless Gendo and Yui <laughs> because they refuse to turn around and look towards camera for even a half a second. Uh, as well as an Asuka who assaults him while he's trying to sleep in the morning. Yeah. Uh, childhood friend. Yeah, a childhood way. friend. Yeah. Childhood friend Asuka. And then Ray moves into town as a new student because the city they're in is soon to be the new capital city. Uh, so people are moving in over the time. Uh, and Ray, who is obviously running late for school, you can tell because she has toast in her mouth as she is running. And saying, oh my god, I'm going to be late on my first day. Yeah. Uh, just runs straight into fucking Shinji. Trips over in such a way that uh, anime Pratt falls happening. Shinji gets a glimpse of her underwear and that becomes a plot point in this new potential world of yep. Shinji's life. Also, Misato's their teacher now, but everyone still ogles her whenever she shows up to school and tries to film her as she's walking <laughs> into class. I also like the part where when they introduce Ray as the new student and steps aside, he's like, oh, wait, that's the guy that ogled my panties. <laughs> and then I was like, teacher, won't you do something about this? And Misato sits down, I was like, nah, go ahead, I want to see where this goes. Yeah, this is more interesting than anything I had planned on teaching you guys. <laughs> yes. uh, which, fair play. Uh, that seems exactly like how Misato would handle that situation. Yeah, that's the point. It's literally, this is showing what is reality if these characters didn't ever have to deal with Evangelion. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is, it's a much happier world for everyone involved. Yeah, and that's ultimately the point. It's trying to get across to Shinji. The realization is that he has self-worth. It's not about the Eva itself. He shouldn't be tying it to things like that. He should be trying to, like feel good about himself, and then those opportunities to define yourself will just come when you're not constantly thinking everyone's hating you and all that. Yeah. And so then Shinji kind of takes a step back after this fight starts to happen, has this kind of top-down perspective of the world. It's like, huh, that's another way the world could theoretically be uh, in a world without Ava pilots. Um, clearly my perception of events. And then we get a lot of voices from other people where... Reality shapes your heart, but your heart also shapes your perception of reality. And your reality isn't the truth, it's just what's true to you. And so, in uh, roundabout logic, uh, your heart shapes what your heart is because your heart affects reality and reality affects your heart. You get this weird cyclic logic where if you're sad about stuff inside, it's only going to make you see the world in a way that's going to make you sad about stuff in the future. Exactly. Fuck you, Shinji. Don't be depressed. That's the lesson here. But that is ultimately what it gets to, because we have, which I think is probably my favorite scene in the whole series, like, for the aspect of, like, he's in this dark, dingy world, and he's starting to realize, and we see the world around him cracking as he's breaking out of that, like, dark shell that he's in, realizing, oh, I, I deserve to exist. I have self-worth. I can, I hate myself. I know that. But if I change my perspective, I can learn to love myself. As the world shatters and, like, it just blows everything away in, like, clear skies and everything. I would like to clarify, he doesn't end the episode saying that he loves himself. He just says, I can in learn the future, myself. I could love myself. Yeah. So he does still absolutely hate himself oh, yeah. at the end of the episode. Which is, you know, solid Shinji. Stick to your way. <laughs> oh, God. I feel bad for bullying this kid now. <laughs> I feel bad for bullying a fictional character. What the fuck? This show sucks. <laughs> He ends up breaking out of essentially the rut he's been in. And, uh, yeah, all the characters show up, congratulate him, and he smiles. And I don't know if you caught this, but that smile scene is in the opening credit. 
In fact, I believe it's the last scene of the opening credits. I think it is. I think I distinctly remember seeing that now. Fuck! Yeah, it lingers on it with the Gynax logo. Yep. Fuck! <laughs> uh, also, when this is happening, they're not, like, in a room or anything. They're standing on top of what appears to be an ocean with a bunch of coral directly beneath them. Yep. Uh, so, pretty clear to say instrumentality is still happening in some way, shape, or form, and this is just Shinji learning to love himself as he's still within some sort of illusion or hallucination of some sort. Well, I guess that's the fun thing that a lot of people were upset with this ending. I'm, I'm not going to say that like, everyone loved it, it was universally planned. If it was, we probably actually wouldn't have gotten the rest of the movies. But the people hated this one uh, quite a bit and caused a lot of controversy because they didn't quite grasp... And I'm not to say, like, oh, you have to, like, be intellectual to understand Evangelion. The point of the series, as we've discussed already, was never about the angel fights. And funny enough, it's also not about instrumentality. That's not the focus of the story. The focus on the story is the relationship Shinji has with his father and his view of his self-worth. The yeah. ultimate, like, the ultimate struggle that Shinji has to face in the series is his own self. I was about to say that it should have ended with Big Dick Shinji, but that wasn't true self-worth, that was him basing his entire self-worth off of Ava piloting and being a good Ava pilot. Yeah, people were complimenting on being an Ava pilot, so he put his whole self-worth on, I'm an Ava pilot. Yeah. So he was kind of at a false end, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. So He had to get kicked back down so he could realize that wasn't the true path. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people talk about it is after the Toji incident. The, sheer, the series gets really dark really quick and just characters get beaten down and down and down. And... I think that needs to happen for this ending to work as well as it does. Because you need to see the contrast of, like, the characters kind of spiraling by self-fulfilling prophecy in a way to have, even though it's through the lens of Shinji purely, the assumption is all the other characters are going through the same thing. So they also break out of it as Shinji does. But Shinji's the main character we're following, and it's his struggle with his own self-worth and his father that kind of is the basis of the story. It's not about the giant robots defending humanity from angels or the human instrumentality project. Yeah. And that's why when the series ends with Shinji finally being able to realize he has self-worth, knowing that he's not at that point of being perfect yet, or not, not even striving for perfect, he's more so he's able to move to that point now of being able to accept himself. It's kind of like saying that the fucking Terminator's arc in Terminator 2 ends on a really positive note because he's giving the thumbs up as he dies in lava. <laughs> because yeah, he's dying and it's sad for him. But he's given a thumbs up, so you know it's a good ending. But that's the thing. We don't know anything about instrumentality, so assuming it's good or bad, we don't know. I know. That, uh, but that's what I'm saying. is It's a very ambiguous ending, and we're just saying because a character's happy in this exact moment means that it's a good ending. I'm not saying it's a bad ending. I'm just saying I don't know if I'm comfortable calling it a happy ending just because a character has accepted their lot in life in a precarious situation. Uh, so, to say happy ending, I, I would agree is incorrect. I think it's a hopeful ending. And that's supposed to be what it is. It's uh, One of the themes of Evangelion is the downfall of escapism. Is ultimately what it comes to. Characters escaping into other things themselves. We sought to escape since, you know, her sexual life. Uh, that's what she does to escape from reality and make herself feel bad or good or whatever. It's like all convoluted. Shinji puts his headphones in and escapes from the world. He runs away. Uh, and you can reflect that on people like escaping into media or other things like that. It's you have to be able to accept your reality 
and try and have a perspective in it and not just try to seclude yourself from it. And that's ultimately what Evangelion's about. Heavy. That's some fucking heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, I'm not saying you can't enjoy Evangelion for just the face value of, oh, cool mecha thing, fighting angels, saving the reality. And it's because of that contradiction of the series, in a sense, that people became upset with this episode, which ultimately led to End of Evangelion and Death and Rebirth. Because, <laughs> uh, right off the bat, what was Sile doing? What's the Unicef Mentality Project? What happened to Ray? All of those questions are not answered, because ultimately to the fact of what the original story was, it's not important. It seems a little bit hypocritical of a series that is, in some senses, escapism fantasy of the boy who's sad and alone and has no one who loves him gets to pilot a giant robot and fight angels and be a hero to society, also shaming people for having escapism fantasies. But I want to point out... Ultimately, him getting into the robot and being the hero is the escapism that leads to his problem. I know. I'm just saying it's a little bit ridiculous for people. A show that has the audience it has because people are a fan of watching. Because no one watches this, the first episode, and thinks, I'm going to watch the entire series because I want to see the character growth of Shinji as he grows as a human being and sees it that he truly has self-worth in himself. No, they watch the first episode and they're like, yeah, giant robot fights Angel. I want to see more of this shit. Yeah. And then to say, nah, people who are escaping reality and watching stuff like that, shame on them. <laughs> now, to be fair, I don't think it's saying watching something to enjoy it is not quite the same as the escapism that is being pointed out yes, by the series. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. It's more so those people that think, I could write a better version of this story, so fuck everyone else, and <laughs> the actors should kill themselves. What? Yeah, that's fair. I think it's more of that self-destructive escapism for the, escaping reality and not enjoying something is the issue that's being risen. Yeah. And uh, on top of this, uh, actually, I'll save that for fun facts, even though it's not really a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact, and we're currently having fun, so sure, we'll yeah. call it a fun fact. We're talking about the story itself and kind of where everything's going on that. Yeah. Well then. Shall we? Yeah, let's get into some questions here, because ultimately, compared to like episode 25-26, there's not much else we can say. It's ultimately, Shinji has the realization that he has self-worth, he can define his reality by having the right outlook, and he can grow to love himself. Yes. Which kind of devalues some of my questions, because most of my questions were shit that obviously we don't get to know yet, because it's, as you pointed out earlier, plot has not been, the plot itself hasn't been resolved. The character arcs, I will admit, uh, in a lot of senses, have been resolved. Characters have gotten from where they started to kind of where they need to be at this point. Yeah. Without the plot being resolved. And a lot of my questions boil down to, hey, yo, what's, let's talk about that plot a bit more. What the fuck's going on over there with the plot? So what I'll give you right now is the next two movie arc was created to mainly answer a lot of those loose threads. Okay. So a lot of those things will be answered over those next two movies. Does Coward come back? We have to wait and see. That sounds like a solid <laughs> no to me. Um, I mean, if that's the case, then there's no fucking point in watching the movie. Coward is <laughs> uh, No, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, no, I don't. I feel content right now, uh, so I don't have a huge amount of questions about what was going on there. We kind of covered a lot of it where we 
discuss the fact that the show isn't so much about the plot. The plot is just a device to carry Shinji through that growth. Exactly. It's more of, instead of Shinji is the character who's fighting the robots and is the protagonist of the story to tell the story, the events of the story are, are kind of the character to progress Shinji, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at it that way, uh, it makes a lot more sense going back through on the second watch through. I was perhaps focusing on some of the wrong details as we were going. Because I, w I will admit I did thoroughly enjoy the episodes that were all character growth for Shinji or Rei or Oscar or Misato. But they weren't what I was focusing on. The details I was focusing on is what's going on with that plot over there. Yeah, the, the conspiracy theory and like the layers of intrigue and lore. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I'm not saying a person cannot enjoy the series by only focusing on this. There's multiple facets to the series. Yeah. It's so good and talked about years after. It's been like 20 years since the original came out, and people are still talking about it. Uh, getting close on the 30-year mark, honestly. Yeah, really. Uh, and people are talking about it because, overall, so many things came together to make this series in such a unique, profound way that you can enjoy it through multiple aspects. I still feel sad. <laughs> You see, it's funny because you kind of predicted that this was going to go more into the dark side with this episode to end it definitively. Uh, so you thought it was very crazy when I said episode 25, 26 together kind of makes my favorite part of the anime run. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you can see why now. Like, I think it's so, like, good for the whole series as a whole is why I would say it was my favorite, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I feel like at this point I can definitely understand where you were coming from at that point. I don't know if I would go so far as to say I agree and would place these two together as my favorite of the series as a whole. Um, they're definitely top tier for me now that we have them together in context. Um, yeah, no. I, I don't have a definitive internal ranking, but I don't think I'd put them at the top. Just top three. And then the movies will come along, and I'll be like, oh, no, shit happens. Everyone dies. And then everyone's reborn, based on the title of the movie. <laughs> Death or Rebirth is the next part we go into. But yeah, I think... I wouldn't say 2526 is my favorite of the series overall, obviously. But at the same time, I feel part of it is unfair to compare, you know, the episodes from the 26th run done back in 96 with a movie that came out in, you know, 2015. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of things that obviously grew from the series and were adapted, and things learned that weren't known back then. Yeah. Yeah, so I suppose once the movies come around, they, it would be unfair to pit them against the TV series one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but within the TV series, I do think these episodes do a lot of the heavy lifting for the series as a whole. Yeah. And so definitely deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, they kind of... It catches a lot of people off guard, but I think it kind of... Aside from the people that just ultimately hate this, like, it's like, ah, oh, man, it's horrible. End of Evangelion, that's where it's at. I think it's... If you either really like episode 25, 26, or really like End of Evangelion as, like the definitive end of the series, in a sense, for what they were supposed to be, based on what you preferred. Fair. If you're more into the robot fight, well, not robot, uh, organic mech fighting versus angels and instrumentality and plot, then you'd probably prefer End of Evangelion, whereas if you prefer the character growth, you might prefer the 
Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. You have any fun facts for me? Uh, so, uh, one thing I think I should mention because you seem very interested in it. Uh, you know that alternate world where uh, Shinji was just a normal schoolboy with his childhood friend in Transfer Student Ray? Yeah. That's a comic series. It's a spin-off comic series. <laughs> it I also have... inspire, inspired some uh, video games called Girlfriend of Steel, which is pretty much just Evangelion dating sims. Nice. Found out how I'm spending my free time now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's pretty much they... Funny enough, that series is also considered canon within the Evangelion series due to rules of multiverse. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, so people who don't, it's like, yep, yeah, it's canon. Not canon to the Shinji we follow through the anime. But, but it is a true story within the universe, or within the multiverse of Evangelion. Exactly. Sorry, I, I've i been pronouncing it wrong all along. Evangelion. <laughs> I, I'm very sorry. Um, one thing that uh, might have been missed that quite a few people don't, but uh, in order to kind of book in the episode, episode one opens with, in the year 2015 AD, and this ends with, or in, opens with, in, in the, the year, year 2016. Yeah, I uh, noticed that. Well, I guess, no, the 26th run has followed the full events of a year. Yeah. Uh, I already mentioned that when, uh, but I might be able to love myself, is said simultaneously by Shinji Asuka Misato, etc. Uh, and then, I guess, one other thing to talk about, which is not like, uh, the one I mentioned is not a fun fact, but uh, it's become well known that during the events of doing Evangelion, uh, Hideki Anno, the creator, was actually suffering from depression. And I think, also, when you take that into context, it kind of makes the series make a lot more sense, and more so of He's kind of also came forward that Shinji, in a sense, is kind of like his insert, in a way, of telling the story. Fair. So, I think a reason a lot of people find it such a strong story that lasts is not just because of how good it was, but it actually feels real, in a sense, for why characters are reacting certain ways. And yeah. it's not like, yeah, you you want to understand the Evangelion, get depressed. That's the only way to do it. That's not what anyone's trying to say about it. Some bad fans will say that. Oh, you didn't like Evangelion? You must have never been depressed or sad. That's not how that works. It's... I feel like it couldn't hurt. <laughs> no, but it's because Ano was more so writing from experience and like his feelings. Yeah. I think it made the story much stronger. Uh, but Ano wasn't like fully understanding depression at the time. Yeah. Uh, so we see him kind of like develop the ideas and kind of used it in a better context for the next part because he understands where he's coming from. But to the fact that like he was suffering from this depression and looking for it through other means of like, you know, making himself better, the fact that the story ends with a very hopeful, I can learn to love myself, I think makes it with that context a lot stronger of an ending. Yeah, I can see that. That definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, and it, it's widely accepted if you look through like people talking about the fan base and interviews with uh, Otto himself. Shinji is very much kind of like a stand-in for him for a lot of stuff. Yeah. God. That means he must have gone through some shit with the Sato <laughs> type. And I feel bad for him now. Whew. I, I honestly, after watching these episodes, I, no, after watching this most recent episode, I won't say after watching the last episode, but after watching this most recent episode, I literally feel like a weight has been lifted off. Whether it's, like, the context of knowing, like, there's, like, it it was getting dark, but, like, it had that uplift at the end. Can do that? And, again, I think that's part of the strong story of it went dark and kept hitting the mother down to make that end scene so much stronger. Yeah. 
Because Shinji essentially is getting there from the bottom. Like, he is at the low, and he can still come to that conclusion. Yeah, absolutely. I still... I know this is me focusing on the <laughs> other part of the story, but I still feel like this is... the uh, This has the potential to still be a fairly dark ending, because he's essentially still within inside a hallucination, and I... Anytime I see someone hallucinating a happy ending, I am forced to internalize the thought of the real world must be so much fucking darker okay. if they're hallucinating the happy uh, ending. I'm, I'll clarify this now, uh, even though it's kind of addressed in the upcoming stuff. Yeah, what Shinji's going through is not a hallucination. But, but it is and it isn't. I, like, well, no, like, 100%, he's not in a hallucination. Reality has been changed. Oh, I... But what's happening is not a... I am in a dream state or anything like that. I Yeah, I assumed it wasn't like an actual dream. Like, the stuff was, in a sense, happening. But there is a larger context to what's happening outside of his perception, is what I'm trying to say. That actually is his perception. There's, there's no outside of that perception. That is it. That is reality that he's in. Again, the next few movies go through the steps to explain the context greater around these episodes. But it's not illusion or anything like that. What is happening, for all intents and purposes, is real reality. Shinji's growth and understanding, he came to, the people around him congratulating, are those people. We'll see. I'm not... <laughs> I have thoughts. I can't express them right now so i'll just leave it at we'll see <laughs> i'm not willing to agree with you right now once we see the movies maybe my mind will be changed fair enough uh, and i guess we kind of touched on this do you, well first do you have any anything else you'd like to address about these episodes no i will say as a whole before we started doing this i obviously had some reservations just because the series as a whole was never something that piqued my interest. It was something I was aware of, but just didn't think too much of. <laughs> you went from there to accusing me of hating you. Yeah, I do remember that at one <laughs> point. Um, so I'm not sure you don't. Uh, but I have come to recognize the value of this series and appreciate it as a whole right now. And I feel like if I hadn't been watching it when it first came out and this was the ending, I probably would have spent like a week reckoning with that and been like, what the fuck, except I would have been a child at the time, so I'd have been like, what's going on here? I don't know why that's the voice I go with, but that's the voice I go with when I do me as a child. Oh, trust me, Hideaki Anno and Guy Next Video's got a lot of death threats and angry letters about it. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I would have been angry about it, I think I would have been confused, yeah. and then after I reckoned with it for like a week, I think I probably would have ranked this series pretty highly in terms of nostalgia for me. Oh, of course, and obviously, I've gone through the series multiple times. Me here telling you, oh, this is what it means and all that stuff. That wasn't my first time through. My first time through was, what the fuck did I just watch? And then I went back and watched it again. And it's just through context of going through the thing and just, you know, digging into the lore, reading interviews, commentary, stuff like that. Like, you piece it all together and you get the full context. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's, like, not off to see why, or difficult to see why, this series is such a genre-defining and changed the landscape of anime after it came out. Yep, I can definitely see that. So, 
Sweet, sweet Mac fights. That's what everyone took <laughs> away from this. It's all about the Mets. Yeah. Whew. But yeah, no. Uh, solid series. Eight out of ten. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think I've already been very clear on my thoughts on this one. Uh, episode 25, 26, my favorite in the whole series. Very much enjoy it. Uh, and I think these two episodes is kind of what cemented Neon Genesis's place as, like, you know, living immortally within the history of anime, in a sense. Yeah. There's very, like, there's series that through every uh, generation or couple decades end up defining and changing things. Uh, we saw that with Star Wars. When after Star Wars came out, everything started trying to be Star Wars in any aspect it could. Yeah. Neon Genesis was that for anime. It came out, everything was trying to do what Neon Genesis did. And we have a lot of series that ended up trying to mimicking or just straight up being Neon Genesis-like. It created its own term, post-Evangelion organic mech. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, that is a solid way to look at it. So, uh, this episode didn't go as long as I thought it did, uh, but I'm sure that will start changing with some of the stuff coming up, especially when we get more into the lore stuff, because I think the emotional, like, character breakdown stuff is pretty straightforward, but the lore stuff with Neon Genesis, that gets convoluted real quick. Oh yeah, I can see those episodes being... I feel like we might have to break those episodes up a little bit, because that's going to be a long fucking episode once oh, we yeah, get into the Oh yeah, that's the plan. When we get into the movies, and this is for the listener as well, uh, those will probably be broken into parts, and not straight, <laughs> just, oh, the movie's an episode. Yeah. So, it's not like we have six more episodes of this podcast. We're going to yeah. have a few more. <laughs> oh, and we're probably going to go beyond that. We're probably also going to, eventually, when the time comes, do individual character breakdowns just as a whole fucking episode. Yeah, but I think at the end there's definitely a lot to break down. Yeah. We got some time on boss. We still got lives, let's put it that way. Uh, so I guess we'll call this episode an end here then. So if you'd like to reach out, you can find us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. You can reach out with any comments, discussion questions, anything really. Uh, on top of that, you can find us at all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. Leave a like, review, subscribe. You can reach us on Instagram where we have updates on information about these series as we go through, following where we're at. We also have weekly polls. Right now we're going through the best angel polls. Uh, we're currently just finishing round three as of recording this, but round four should just finish by the time you listen to this. Yep. And of course, as always, Peter, what should we expect next time on Neon Genesis Evangelion? Alright, so if my understanding is correct, next one is Death and Rebirth. And based on the title, everyone's going to die. Instrumentality Project is going to be completed. But then... Uh, part of the instrumentality is they kept talking about how it makes everyone a god, and so that one god's gonna be like, boop, let's restart over, let's get back to the start, and everyone's just gonna wake up on a beach and be like, yeah, this is life now. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that one. You'll, you'll understand why when we get there, but, uh, tune in next time, fan service and such. <laughs>